Welcome to the House School Podcast. My name is Shane Allen from the Anthony Butera team. Keller Williams, realtor man. That's what they say on my license. I'm a realtor man. I am here, as always, with my good friend and yours, Justin Kiesel from All, All County Home Inspections. Justin, how are you doing? Good. Good to be here. Here in house school, we uh, teach you about your house, what you need to know if you are a homeowner currently and maybe you weren't paying attention during your home inspection or maybe you waived it, uh, or if you're in the market for buying a home, you need to know, like, what do I got to look out for? This is the podcast for you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've been slowly working our way down the house. We did roof. We did attic. And now we're going to go, let's pretend like you're in a second, you know, the second floor of a house, colonial. We're going to talk about bedrooms today, Justin. Sure. Justin, you spent a lot of time in bedrooms during your home inspections? Um, enough to see everything that's going on. You know, generally speaking, the, the most time that we're spending in the home inspection is going to be between the exterior and the basement, to be honest with you. Gotcha. But uh, bedrooms, you're looking for, uh, you know, some things in particular. Like, I, I just had a couple of, you know things i wanted to point out that i see a lot while i'm out showing homes sure that people are most interested in so cracks yep. on the wall or the ceiling yep what could they mean and should they be a deal breaker for people yeah absolutely there's a couple critical things that we look for like in bedrooms and you touched on one of them right there one of them is going to be uh cracks in the walls another is usually going to be like moisture staining and they tend to go hand in hand not always but sometimes um, so cracking is not always a deal breaker. Um, a lot of times, so I, I usually tell people not all cracks are, are made equal. Um, mainly when we're talking about a foundation, but the same can be said for cracks in the wall. So if you see a crack that is generally larger at the top than it is at the bottom, um, or if it is not even across the plane of the fracture, that is an indication that you've got a problem. Um, plaster and lath is extremely rigid. Um, any kind of deflection, flexing, settling of the house is usually going to cause the plaster and lath to crack. So it's really common to see, especially in the second floor in like the attic stairways and things like that. We see a lot of cracks in walls in plaster and lath houses. Gotcha. Same thing for ceilings? Usually. Yep. I actually just came from a property a little while ago. A client had a question about some spider cracking that was happening within the ceiling. Um, to me, it appeared that it was due to thermal expansion. So on the side of the house, they had like a like a greenhouse that was attached to like a, I guess like a sun porch or something. Okay. And a lot of heat was just being generated, especially now. Uh, in the middle of the summer, yeah, um, there was a bunch of heat that was being generated. And when you open the, the door to the living room, all that heat just pours into the living room. Gotcha. So with the air conditioning running on the second floor and all the heat that's pouring in from the sun porch, um, that's going to create a large temperature gradient on that ceiling. And that can cause some thermal expansion and contraction and thus the cracking that we see. I mean, obviously, this is just my general take on things, mm -hmm. um, but that's from seeing uh, a multitude of houses over as long as I have. Let's continue to talk about walls, ceilings, stuff like that. Um, paint, are you, as a home inspector, I think people want to know, are you testing for lead paint? We generally don't. Um, that's another service that people can pay for, um, but... 
the the spiel that I always give people is if it's built before I believe seventy three, okay. um, just assume that there's lead paint. Yeah. Take all those precautions. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry, essentially. Um, instead of saying like, well, there's some lead paint that's exposed in here, or there's some, there's no, none in this room or this window's okay, but this window's not treat them all like they have lead paint. Mm -hmm. Just, just, I would say broad brush everything. Yeah. On the realtor side of things, you're going to see with contracts that you're signing, it's any home, um, built before 78, 78 has okay. to have that disclosure to it. But yeah, I'd say the same thing. Just assume if it's an older home, there could be some of that from what I understand though, not that difficult to test if you wanted to do it. Even is there like a home kit? For yeah. It? Now I think home Depot actually hands yeah. them out for free. Okay. They are, they look like little, um, felt pens basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of act like a glow stick. You crack them in half and there's some fluid in there. And then you take a chip or a piece of whatever you want to test and you just rub the, the felt pen with the liquid on it mm-hmm. into the material, the paint. And then depending on the color that it turns, if it turns pink, usually that is an indication that you have lead paint. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty cheap, pretty easy thing to do. Um, but usually people are going to paint walls and stuff like that anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just say to go over everything. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, just right into this lead paint issue with the home here, in Rochester in the city. Uh, but it was on the outside of the bedroom windows had mm-hmm. lead paint and mm-hmm. it was chipping, which was going into the backyard, which was going to be an issue because they had pets. They're worried that, you know, scruffy was going to start eating that their paint. Not good. Mm. Um, stains. Well, we've kind of talked about them, you know, a lot already. But let's just say you got a stain in the ceiling of a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You can just go over that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's a common uh, red flag that I see uh, during home inspections is prior moisture staining in the ceilings. Um, depending on where it is, is going to be kind of um, determinant if it has been fixed or what the source of the water is. Um, Usually if you see water staining in a ceiling on like the second floor bedroom, um, closer to like an exterior wall, good chances that it's a a, a leak in your roof Mm -hmm. or it could be seasonal ice damming, something like that. Uh, Now if you're on the first floor and you see it like staining in the kitchen or something like that and there's say a a bathroom above you, um, good chance that it's coming from the shower or the toilet or some plumbing fixture like that. Hmm. So a lot of times we can kind of not pinpoint it, but we can kind of, you know, focus in on, on the, the source of the moisture. But a lot of times my, my suggestion is always the same, repair it, patch it, paint it, um, monitor for any further water penetration, um, unless it is actively wet, then it's, then it's, we have to identify the source of water immediately. Yeah. Let's talk about floors. Um, what are you looking for as a home inspector when you're looking at like the floors of a bedroom? Uh, and let's say like I am a potential home buyer or maybe I just bought a home. Mm-hmm. Would you say like before we move any furniture in there, do I rip up some carpet, check it out? You or, could, you know, obviously if it's hardwood, that's different, but yeah. Yeah. 
There's um, so so generally speaking, looking at floors, um, there can be a structural component to what we're looking at when we see the floors. Uh, very uneven floors could be an indication of of a structural issue. Um, I have also seen where the floor actually separates from the bottom side of uh, baseboard moldings. Mm. Um, and I and one one property sticks out in my mind in particular that like one corner had, had um, downward deflection of maybe like a quarter of an inch. And then like on the other side of the wall, it was like maybe a 16th of an inch. So it was okay. way less. Okay. So it's like, okay, this floor is settling yeah. big time in this one particular spot. So that's definitely going to warrant a structural engineer to come in. Uh, otherwise we're looking for general wear and tear, um, or, um, safety concerns. So like separation in, um, transitions from like, uh, carpet to hardwood or laminate to vinyl. I see a lot of times people just like not put a transition in so you have a big space there and you can catch mm. your foot on it or something sure. um, n- sometimes nails pop up on hardwood floors um, but we also as home inspectors make a general determination of the overall wear and tear of the floors so i might look at a floor and be like the only way to fix this is to refinish it all mm. or we might be like well if you mop it if you you know if you buff it out a little bit you're, this is going to come back to life so we have to make that kind of distinction on the gradient of the of the condition of the floors. Gotcha. Uh, we've talked a little bit about windows before as well, but like I guess is there anything specific with bedroom windows that you're looking for? Yeah. So um, that's that's also going to vary. So um, generally speaking, if you have what's called a casement window. Um, I myself and many inspectors will not operate them just because um, they're prone to failure. And what what I mean by casement window is basically any window that that you have a crank to open and close. Um, There's gears that are in there. There are uh, mechanical components that tend to fail. Mm -hmm. It's literally 50-50 if they're going to open and close for you. So if you're on the second floor and I open the window and I cannot get it to close... I'm on the hook for that. So um, I generally don't operate them. Other things we're looking for is general operation of the windows. Uh, If they have an improper balance or broken sash cords, meaning that the window pane does not stay up. Um, We highlight that as a safety concern because it can fall back down on, on your hands. And that's mainly a concern for like small people or older people, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, we're making sure that windows are painted shut, how difficult to operate they are, all that kind of thing. The other thing is with windows, we're looking for egress windows as well. So if you have a, um, if you want to try and put a bedroom in a basement, mm-hmm. you have to have a proper egress window. Yeah. Um, and there is codes that are in line to, uh, keep people safe as far as that goes. But from a home inspection standpoint, we're looking for the functionality of those units. Do they open properly? Do you have proper, um, do we have a clear path out? All that kind of stuff. The same can be said for a third floor bedroom as well. You have to have 
a secondary way to get out of a third floor bedroom. So we're checking for all that stuff when it comes to windows. Does that mean there needs to be a ladder or some type of fire, like a fire escape type yep. of deal? Yep. Typically it can vary. Um, sometimes they have these like ladders that sit under the window. You can open the window and you throw this ladder out of a bag and then you're literally climbing down a ladder on the side of your house like a pirate ship yeah pretty much gotcha or sometimes they have um your your standard uh metal fire escape okay but uh, that is required in order to call a third floor bedroom an actual bedroom otherwise um, it is against codes permits safety all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to have someone sleeping in a third floor at any at any point sure um let's talk about heating and cooling vents what are you looking for in a bedroom is there you know uh, is it is there a certain amount you need is there you know what are you looking for as far as functionality with those mm-hmm. it's going to vary by construction so like new construction you're going to have um a vent and a return in each room uh, we're looking for for things like that I, i'm not necessarily counting the vents and returns, but I'm verifying that what's there is there. Mm-hmm. But if it's an older home, um, whereas you know the original furnace was like a gravity type furnace, um, there's not going to be returns on the second floor. So typically speaking, you know you're going to have a much harder time cooling the house um, and and having an even heat. Uh, that doesn't mean things are wrong. It's just not ideal. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm checking to see that the plates are on the on the vents. I'm checking to see that um, you know what's there is there. You know that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Electrical outlets. Mm-hmm. You're testing those. You're checking to see if they're grounded. Yep. Checking to see if they're functional. Anything yep. else people should know about electrical outlets? I check for um, general functionality in a representative number of rooms and outlets. Okay. So basically what that means is uh, if I can get to an outlet, if I can test it, I test it. But a lot of times with, um, you know, especially if a house is occupied yeah, with furniture, somewhere. that kind of stuff, people have TVs plugged in or even like, Glade plugins, technically speaking, I'm not allowed to touch any of that stuff. Gotcha. So I kind of have to work around that. Okay. So if I can check it, I do. Um, a lot of times, if like if I see a bunch of power strips in a bedroom, you know, I see that a lot in older homes, I'll note that there should be additional outlets because, you know, generally speaking, you don't want to be relying on a power strip to run your phone charger, your TV, and your Roku, you know? I mean, have we learned nothing from that 90s commercial with the B and it's all the things were unplugged, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. That B was working so hard to unplug all those yeah. things. I always go back to the one from uh, A Christmas Story oh, yeah. where the dad is unplugging uh-huh. and he, like, plugs the one thing in and blows the whole thing up. Yeah. I, we come very close to that in some, some inspections. Sure. So, yeah, I just found out that um, my kitchen... That was just renovated not too long ago. New outlets in there. None of them are grounded. No GFCIs? Ground nope. fault circuit interrupts? Nope. Really? Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean that the next time I crank on my air fryer, I couldn't uh, set a fire? So a ground fault circuit interrupt, or GFCI, a lot of people will call them uh, you know, G, you know, G circuit or ground faults. Yeah. That's pretty much where it stops. Uh, but the technical term for it is ground fault circuit interrupt. And those are the outlets with the buttons in them. They have the test and reset in them. They basically have a little brain inside the outlet. 
So you can cover multiple outlets with the breaker. And basically what they are doing is they're making sure that the power going out and coming back in is in the correct orientation. Because if it's not, then it shuts the power off immediately because it assumes that the power is going through you. So they need to be installed anywhere where you can come in contact with water and electricity at the same time. So that includes outdoors, garages, uh, basements, bathrooms, laundry, and the kitchen. So uh, to answer your question, uh-huh. no. Um, if you come in contact with water and you unplug something, then it can be a shock hazard. But it's generally not not an issue for like any appliances or anything like that. Okay. So if we're talking about bedrooms, if I have a water bed, mm-hmm. should that be something I'm concerned about, Justin? Probably. And should I not have a water bed because it's not 1972? It's not great. Okay. Yeah. All right. The other thing you can use GFCIs for, I've seen in bedrooms specifically, is if there was two-prong outlets before, like ungrounded receptacles, you can put in a GFCI breaker to then give you grounding protection but uh that's about the only time i've ever seen it really applicable for a bedroom gotcha all right uh last but not least i just wanted to touch on the smoke detectors carbon monoxide stuff oh yeah where do we need them do we need them all in a bedroom should they be in the hallway what's the what's the safest spot for those we always err on the side of caution so kind of more the merrier um we go by the recommendation that they should be in every bedroom in the hallway um and on every floor and all that good stuff um so we kind of go overkill with the um, smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors what i tell people a lot of times is um you can talk to your local fire department and see if they a have a bunch of them on hand Mm -hmm. that they can give you and then um, or B, they might install them for you. So if you buy a bunch of them, you can call, you know, the fire department and they will sometimes send over like some, you know, kid explorer to, to come put in your, your, uh, smoke detectors for you because they know where they should be and they want to respond to an incident, but you know, not a tragedy. Sure. So they'll tell you where they should go. Oh, hot tip there. Um, yeah, I just like to say too. Quick PSA to anybody out there. Change the batteries in your smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. We, we hear it all the time on uh, your YouTubes and all of your Snapchats and stuff like that. That beep is to warn you that you need to change your batteries. So please do that. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. The new ones you cannot. The new ones have a 10-year battery that's built it. in. Yeah. yeah. So if it starts to go, you have to get a new one. Yeah. Just install one of those suckers. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good for uh, safety. Is there anything else we missed with bedrooms that you're checking out? Uh, I didn't talk about closets. I, I figure that everything else is kind of covered with it. Is there anything specific with closets? Not particularly. The biggest thing I'm, you know, doing in a, in a closet is if there's like an attic space in there. Sure. I'm getting I'm getting up in the attic through your closet. Gotcha. Um, but that is generally it. So okay. pretty much everything else applies to the inside of the closet. Cool. All right, well, that's Justin Kiesel from All County Home Inspections. My name's Shane Allen from the Anthony Butera team with Keller Williams. If you have any more questions about your house or bedrooms, what you should be looking for, you know, hit us up. Thanks for listening to the House School Podcast. We'll be back at it next week. See you later.